Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. It's Monday, June 21st. You know what that means? It's Mailbox Monday. I'm going to answer your questions today, and we're going to hit some headlines. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. guys, you have probably heard by now that I am running for the United States House of Representatives to represent District 3 in Washington State. And I wanted to let you know that there are a couple ways that you can help us. First of all, follow me on all of my campaign social media platforms. You can find Heidi St. John for Congress at Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram. And of course, sign up to get on the mailing list at Heidi St. John for Congress. We are up against a very big second quarter fundraising deadline right now. And we need you to donate to the campaign. Every little bit helps. And so you guys have heard me say before, it takes a lot of money to run a campaign like this. And there's some very important things coming up. If you go to the website, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, you can find out exactly how to donate. And I would so appreciate that. Also, you can volunteer. And we need volunteers from all over the country. We need prayer volunteers. And you can sign up to be on our prayer team at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can complete the volunteer form there, and you can join my fight for the soul of America. Again, you guys, that website is HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. This ad is paid for by friends of Heidi St. John. So thanks for tuning in today. As always, you guys, this is one of my favorite days of the week. I love answering your questions. If you would like to have your a question answered here at Mailbox Monday. The way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. You can also leave me a question at Anchor, and I, I have not been reminding you guys, and so nobody's doing it. I'm like, no one's doing it. Oh, it's because I forgot. But if you go to anchor.fm forward slash HeidiStJohn forward slash message, you can leave me a voicemail there for about 60 seconds. So I want to encourage you to do that. Before I get to your questions today, I just, I haven't been talking very much about the news because frankly, it's depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing. Uh, but I, I don't know if you guys are kind of watching what is happening, but uh, Trump was at PD, PJ Media last week, I, I believe on the 12th. They put out an article that I was going to read to you guys, but then I got distracted and other things went on. I think it's worth coming back to And so I'm going to do it today. So their article is called 10 Media Lies Trump Has Been Proven Right About Since the Election. Have you guys noticed that they're now admitting that uh, Trump was right about everything that they lied about uh, before? So so Trump releases a statement basically last Saturday. So I'm confusing you guys. It's it's going kind of going back. So on June 12th, he releases a statement and he says, uh, I was right about hydroxychloroquine. Turns out it works. The virus came from a Chinese lab. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Lafayette Square was not cleared for a photo op. The Russian bounty story was fake. We did produce vaccines before the end of 2020, and we did it in record time. Blue state lockdowns didn't work. Schools should be open. Critical race theory is a disaster for our schools and for our country. And the Southern Border Security Program was unprecedentedly, unprecedentedly successful. For goodness sake, you guys. We have been lied to on a massive, massive scale. And I think it's important that we continue to just talk about the truth of what this whole thing is. And as we go along, 
uh, and we read more about hydroxychloroquine. And I know many people who have taken it, by the way. And I think that this was the biggest political hoax ever perpetrated on the world. I think this was all about the Great Reset. I think it was about making sure that Trump was injured enough not to be able to elect him again. And uh, they got what they wanted. And as you're watching what's happening now, as Joe Biden is out there, you know, bumbling around on the national stage, and frankly, it's embarrassing. Like I, I watch him and I'm just, I'm completely embarrassed as he's out there talking about public policy and, you know, really just for lack of a better word, he really just is bumbling around. You, you kind of have to sit back and scratch your head and wonder how this happened. Well, there are lots of reasons. We can talk about voter fraud. Certainly there was voter fraud, but we got to look deeper than that. We're going to have to start saying ordinary Americans have got to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. We've got to say that our country is worth fighting for. We're going to we're going to engage in what's happening in the country right now. And we got to do that by holding like potlucks, whatever, at our churches and at our homes and just have these conversations. The White House announced that following his summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin, coming up on Wednesday, so so it happened on Wednesday, that Joe was going to hold a solo press conference instead of the traditional media appearance by both leaders. And uh, I I had to just go, huh, that's interesting. I mean, this this is a guy who cannot string two coherent sentences together. And he is the leader of the free world. We should be, this should make us nervous. We should be going, wait a minute, but have you noticed that the media is not demanding anything. They're not asking for evidence. They're not They're not all up in Joe Biden's grill. Time Magazine put a picture of him on the cover of his magazine, you know, and he's like uh, in his sunglasses, you know, made him look all cool and, and hip and dangerous. He's not cool or hip or dangerous, except for in the worst possible way to the country. And we need to wake up because we've discovered now that the media has a terrible hold on this country, that they've been able to scare everybody half to death. And ordinary Americans are going to have to have to speak out. And I hope that you guys will do it. I wanted to tell you guys before I get to your questions today that I am very, very thankful for everybody who showed up in Iowa. You guys are awesome. It's so much fun for me to meet you out on the road and just hear what God's doing. Thank you for coming out and for being willing really to take time and energy to come out and say hello. So I'm going to get to your questions without any further ado. Megan from Troy wrote in and said, Heidi, masking in schools is hurting our kids. I have plenty of evidence as a teacher and a parent of kindergartners. How can I take action to end this? Schools in Illinois are at threat of losing their accreditation by the Illinois Board of Education if they unmask. Ugh. Megan, I'm so frustrated with you. My mission field is the classroom, so homeschooling is not an option. But even our waitlisted Christian private schools are masking. Thank you, Heidi. You are a godsend. All right, Megan. So this is a battle, right? The masks are terrible. We have been lied to. They're telling people that that take the vaccine that you still have to wear a mask. And now, now they're starting to segregate people. I saw a drinking fountain the other day that said it was only for people who are vaccinated. So I took a big old long drink. <laughs> Uh, we we're going to have to start uh, going to our school boards. So if this is if the schools in Illinois are being threatened to uh, lose their accreditation by the Illinois Board of Education, you got to go to the Board of Education and you got to go there with parents. So get on your social media, tell them everybody wear a red shirt or whatever it is. You guys remember Melissa telling you how she did that in Enid, Oklahoma? You guys should check it out. The Enid 
Freedom Fighters, which my dear friend and assistant, and now my deputy campaign manager, Melissa Crabtree, is doing in Enid. And it was a very simple thing. She just said, do you guys want this? If you don't, meet me here, and I'm going to tell you what we're doing. We're going to go to the Illinois Board of Education. Everybody wears the same color shirt. I don't care what it is. And we're going to come and we're going to present them with our evidence. And then, you guys, I know that you're saying that the mission field is the classroom. But at some point, these guys only understand if you say, fine, we'll pull our kids out and then do it. Pull your kids out because this is this is ridiculous. Uh, I wouldn't keep my kid in a school like that for for all the tea in China. Well, for lots of different reasons. I do appreciate that your mission field is the is the classroom. But I got to tell you, this masking, critical race theory, comprehensive sex education, all of it, they are after our children. And unfortunately, for the most part, all they understand is money. And if people start leaving the schools in droves, they're actually going to start listening. Kelly from New York wrote in and said, why did so many churches take millions in COVID grants? Because now they basically have to preach politically correct things for fear of losing their tax exempt status based on, and basically they are bowing to the government. I see a lot of churches doing this and also shutting their church down and making their flocks wear masks, et cetera. Okay. I've said this to you guys a hundred times and Kelly, thank you. I appreciate your question. You guys listen to my podcast the last for the last week with Mike Winther talking about this. If your church is being held hostage by a 501c3 status, which by the way, it doesn't need to be, but if it is, I'd be going to the elder board and saying, get rid of your 501c3 because what they've done effectively is stolen the voice of the church and they're doing it for, wait for it, money. That should trouble us. We should be worried about that. It's very alarming. And so if that's your church, I'd be making all kinds of noise. These churches that took all the money in COVID grants do not even get me started. I It makes me so upset that I can't be godly about it. So it's wrong. And we've allowed the, we've allowed the government to basically bribe the church, which I think is shameful. And one of these days we're going to answer for it. Jocelyn from North Carolina said, my husband and I are against the Rona vaccine. However, his MBA program is threatening to kick him out if he doesn't get the shot by July 1st. This is an $80,000 program and he's halfway done. Do we get a lawyer? Yes, get a lawyer. This is criminal. It's criminal. And uh, it seems to me, this is, I mean, we're going to have to just fight where we are because Jocelyn, what your husband is going to be fighting for is not just his right to not be forced to take an experimental protocol. He's fighting for the rights of your children not to be injected against their will. We should, where there is a risk, there must be a choice. And this is criminal. We're talking about a virus with a 99.89% survival rate. We know that young people are not at risk. You guys, this is a virus that was manufactured in a Chinese lab. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying it was never the thing that they said it was. And I've been talking about the scamdemic since the beginning of time. I've lost, basically lost my Facebook platform for it. And I'm telling you right now, we have got to stand up. And I think his standing up is more important than finishing his MBA at this point because we're losing our freedom. And this is what our founding fathers knew. They gave up their life and their treasure and their sacred honor to stand for freedom. And we are losing our freedom uh, in the name of these woke political activists. And it's it's criminal. It's wrong. I was never an anti-vaxxer. Like all of my kids have been vaccinated. My family, you know, my mother was in medicine, but boy, they're turning me into one. <laughs> Where there's the risk, there must be a choice. This is wrong. And frankly, I smell a rat. I smelled a rat a long time ago and something is, is terribly wrong. So I don't think that your husband should 
just concede and take the shot. I mean, pray about it, right? I'm not the Lord. So in case I need to remind anyone, which I'm sure I don't. So this is not the say of the Lord, but this is very alarming. And we're watching them segregate the nation for a virus with a 99.89% survival rate. Something is terribly wrong. And if your spidey senses are up, if your discernment meter is going 150 miles an hour, don't ignore it. Uh, we need to start standing up. Angela, Angela, I do not know how to pronounce the name of your town. Zephyrillus? Did I do that right? She said, our son shared a GoFundMe for someone at his university seeking hormone therapy to transition from male to female. Should I address it with him? If so, how my primary concern is to point him toward Christ. So Angela, this this is one of the worst lies that has ever been perpetrated on uh, our young people. You cannot, and I'm going to say this a little louder, you cannot change your gender. I don't care how many hormones they give you. I don't care how many surgeries. You guys want to be really horrified by something? Get onto YouTube. They're actually, they will show you how these surgeries are done. These so-called transition surgeries. It's very, very Frankensteinish. And talk about the suicide rate of these kids who are not getting help. They're being hurt. And shame on these doctors. These They should go to prison as far as I'm concerned. What, what? You know, I'm not saying gender dysphoria is not real. It is real. Maybe this is what you tell your son. Uh, and I don't, it sounds like he may not be a Christian. And so it might be a moot point, but I'm going to say it anyway, because there's a lot of people here whose children are believers. The Bible says that we were made in the image of God, that he created us male and female in his image. This is a spiritual battle. The adversary has been trying to steal the identity of the children of God since the dawn of time when he leaned into Eve and he said, you will not surely die. And yet God said, don't eat of the fruit with the knowledge of good and evil or you will surely die. It is a scientific impossibility to change your gender. It's ridiculous on its face. And like I I logged into my Instagram account the other day, guys, and they want me to share my pronouns. Just like my pronoun, you want my pronouns now? I'm trying to come up with something really funny to put in there, so you guys have to give me your ideas because I'd love to hear them. I will not play this game because it is a deadly, dangerous, disgusting, demonic assault against our children, and it's wrong. And so, and you know, I'm not saying gender gender dysphoria isn't real, but the answer is not the mutilation and the chemical castration of our children. It's to teach them to love themselves in the body that they were in, that they're beautiful just the way they are, that they are loved, that they have a creator, that they have a, that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives. And this move toward mutilating our children has got to stop. And it, it makes me incredibly sad. And you could, you could start, Angela, by talking to your son about how you would have handled it if he would have come to you and said, I, I think I'm a girl. And start there. And these children are being wounded. They're being hurt by this. And this friend at his university is going to be hurt by this. He's not going to be helped. He's going to be hurt. A listener from Massachusetts wrote in and said, Hi, Heidi, I'm 29 years old. I'm starting a dating relationship with a Christian man who loves his Bible and holds conservative values, but didn't grow up in the worldview Christian subculture. I might challenge that word in just a minute, uh, that I grew up in as a homeschool kids of the 90s. 
Um, he went to public school. I'm having a hard time articulating what it means to think with a biblical worldview when it is something that comes more naturally having been brought up in that way of thinking. Do you have any questions or resources that you'd recommend that we could uh, discuss that would help us talk through how we can make decisions about life through a biblical worldview? All right. So this is the thing. When we talk about worldview, really what that means, and I think sometimes we we overemphasize it. Really what that means is that you choose to see everything around you through the lens of scripture. And I think that's the way that I would be approaching it. There are wonderful organizations out there, Worldview Academy, those kinds of things. But honestly, you guys are beyond that, right? You're almost 30 years old. So you're really beyond that. What we mean by a biblical worldview, and I wouldn't even call this subculture, Christians should have a biblical worldview. In other words, whatever whatever we see around us, we should filter through the grid of scriptures. God is not silent on the issues that we're facing. And that's really what you're saying. And so I would begin by reading really good books. Uh, Ken Ham has a wonderful, a brand new book out that's wonderful. He was on my show a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it. I'll see if I can't link back to it in the show notes today. But I had the privilege of endorsing that book. And he's talking about the importance of a biblical worldview. So check out places like Answers in Genesis and other well-known, the Chuck Colson Center, those kinds of places. And I'm telling you, even if you didn't have access to those things and you just were studying God's word, it would be enough. Because all we mean by worldview is we see the world through the lens of scripture. And when I'm talking about a worldview, you got to stay away from progressive Christianity. It's garbage. Progressive Christianity, these, these woke churches, these churches who are preaching social justice. I'm talking about find yourself a very good rooted church and begin to study the Bible. You guys can also study with me, uh, even though you're not parents, go through the Bible study with us at Mom Strong International. We're going through the book of Jude right now. And uh, the book of Jude teaches us to contend. And it's, it's very, very important. Lindsay from Nebraska says, Heidi, I am a full-time physician in a competitive private practice. My husband and I have felt called for the past few years to homeschool our four young children. God opened several doors this past year, thank you, COVID, that allowed us to take the leap of faith, and we are not looking back. How do I continue to speak truth and hope to my patients, but yet be respectful to the views of the people in the partnership? So she's saying that being in a competitive, money-focused profession sometimes money focused. Uh, She said she didn't receive much support from her partners when she said she was going to be cutting back to stay home and advocate for her children. On top of this, almost all of them are pro-mask. They push the COVID vaccine, not only on adults, but now on their pediatric patients. This, This breaks my heart, but you have an opportunity to stand for righteousness and She says that at a recent meeting, I tried to bring up actual facts about COVID and death infection rates in children, proof that masks aren't effective and the lack of substantial long-term data on an experimental vaccine. I was shot down and phrases like lunatic evangelicals began to circulate. So this is the same thing as when you when you start to think for yourself, they call you conspiracy theorists. It's just a way to shut you up. So I would continue to speak whatever opportunity that you have. Um, And you can be respectful to your partners, but it sounds to me like they're not being respectful of you if you're hearing things like lunatic evangelical. The studies on this vaccine are not in. 
And we're, we're talking about, you know, we're using people right now as human guinea pigs and it's a shame. And so I'm going to be praying for this young physician. And I'm so excited that you are homeschooling your children. You are in a very lonely profession right now, just like the teachers. You're uh, Christian physicians are very lonely right now because these institutions have been taken over by godless people who have a worldview that's inconsistent with scripture. And that's why you feel so lonely. So I would encourage you to continue to speak the truth, find people around you that are going to encourage you in what you're doing and fill your tank up for you. And then finally be in the word. Lindsay, if you're not part of Mom Strong International, join us, join us, join us. I think you'll be encouraged. We're always talking about, you know, cultural things at our Facebook pages. And I think you're going to really be encouraged. You guys can join me there at momstronginternational.com. All right, I am out of time for today. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Really exciting things are happening uh, in our uh, our family right now and through the ministry. And we are going to be updating you. If you're not being updated on my run for Congress, I want to encourage you to do that. You can find out more information at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. And you can check out my brand new podcast, which we are uh, just really getting up off the ground that, that one is called America's Town Hall with Heidi St. John. We'd love to hear your guest ideas. If you have a question you want me to address, shoot it to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. We love you guys. Have a great day and keep your head up. Keep walking with the Lord. Keep encouraging people uh, in the Lord and take the mask off your face for goodness sake. Let people see your smile and let me know how it's going. We love you guys. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.